Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. If you hunt enough, you learn the truth. What you seek speaks a language and knows it well. That's why every Primo's call for everything you hunt is made the right way. We sweat every detail, so you get more out of every hunt. And nothing leaves our hand until we know it'll work in yours. Because we don't just make the world's best calls, we speak the language. Primo's. What's up, everybody? This is Dale Luganville with the Full Scale Outdoors podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, if you haven't done so already, I'm going to keep bugging you guys about this. Find us on Facebook, Full Scale Outdoors. Uh, find us on Instagram, Full Scale underscore Outdoors. And uh, if you're on the uh, Apple podcast, please uh, rate. Give it a good rating, a little review, like it. If you're listening to it on YouTube or whatever the platform is, um, you know, we keep. I think the only one we're not on is uh, iHeartRadio right now. And that's just because they're policy like you have to have an active podcast for three months and that shouldn't be a problem if it all goes well i i plan to be here for at least three months if not three years if not 30 years uh i'd like to just keep doing this and with your help we can make that happen so go take care of that stuff get that out of the way now for this podcast i sit down with captain josh he's a guide here in minnesota and we sit down we record it at a cafe so if you hear a little background noise um, that's, that's why I don't think it should be, it should be too bad. Um, although with that said, uh, when we recorded, um, some guy went on, I had like a coughing fit right there. So I'm like, well, that's great. Perfect. Um, however, we first sat down, we had a great conversation. Uh, everything flowed really nice. He's really funny. He's really smart. And I look over and I'm not recording. I'm like, why well, I pressed the thing. I saw I saw it recording. It started moving. Well, apparently it didn't. It's actually my screen said no SD card, but I know I put in an SD card. And even Josh goes, I saw you put an SD card in there. So I check it, I open it, sure enough, there's an SD card in there. Take it out, slide it back in. It still says no SD card, but then it thinks for a split second and then boom, we're good to go. Like, oh, are you kidding me? I don't even know how long we were talking. It was well over an hour. I mean, just great flow. Like, I don't know how you recreate that. You know how it goes when you're talking with someone. There's no way you could recreate what you just said. So we jumped back into it. Um, he was gracious enough to uh, give me even more of his time than he already did, which I was very appreciative of, um, knowing he's a guide and he's moving ice houses around. He's got a ton of stuff to do. I was, I let him off the hook. I'm like, hey, man, if you got to get going, I get it. I ain't going to stop you. We'll reschedule another time. But he's like, no, nah, I got a little bit of time. So we sat down and uh, just kept the conversation going. I don't think we tried to dip back into what we were talking about, but, you know, we just kept going, and it was pretty easy. He's a great guy to talk to, super easy guy to talk to. He knows what he's talking about, and uh, I'm sure he's a great guide. You guys got to look him out. If you're looking for a guide in uh, in Minnesota, you know, give him a call. He works all over the state, and uh, he'll have all his contact information on the end but i think you're really going to like this one this is uh 
technically part two with Captain Josh Hagemeister, uh, but you'll never get to hear part one because, you know, podcaster's worst uh, nightmare right there. But here we go. Without further ado, this is the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast with Captain Josh. Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Hey. Oh, I love that sound. This is a good one. Houston. Is it actually recording this time? Hey, hey, look, there I've it goes. I've got news. There's no life on Mars. Let's get the hell out of here. Wow. So, yeah, we're going to try this again. <laughs> we already been talking for who knows how long. Had some really good stuff in there, too, I thought. Well, some of it might have been borderline. Podcast gold. Okay. Illegal. Shh, they don't know. <laughs> no one will ever know because it didn't record, so we might as well just assume it was the best, the best content podcast universe has ever would have ever heard, but oh no, it <laughs> lied to me and said there was no SD card in there. And you witnessed me put that SD card. I in did. There. I saw it. I saw you click it in there. It was just like <sighs> you were putting it in your. It's, it's like hummingbird. It's like the podcaster's worst nightmare. And I swear I looked at it and it was recording, and it, obviously it wasn't. So here we go. And I don't know if we're gonna rehash stuff we've already talked about. Probably not, because right. that just gets. God, there was some good stuff. We we're talking about anus oil. We talked about. Uh, tournament fishing, yeah, scented God, plastics, anus oil, anus oil. <clears throat> Terrible. All that good stuff missing. Uh, I don't even know where to go from here. I'm so frustrated now. Now I'm drinking. Sl- kind of slam the clam. Whose water is this? I don't know. Uh, I'm drinking. Who knows? We're going with that. i probably put it next to my phone, so that would make sense. Like, I need to drink any more water. I'm usually, I usually have, like, a, a camel bladder, but... You know, drink a large coffee on the way up here, driving to St. Cloud. We're at, uh, you know what I never, what I didn't do the first time around is explain where we're at. We were recording this in a cafe, the Copper, the Copper Lantern Copper Lantern in St. Cloud, Minnesota. So you might hear a little bit of background noise, but it shouldn't be too bad. Their Copper Lantern got a free plug. Yep. Maybe they'll hit them up for a free bacon roll on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> No, fortunately, I'm here with uh, Captain Josh with the uh, Minnesota Fishing Guide Service. The one and only. That's a pretty you know good. How did you stumble upon that name? That's the, pretty good. I call it the six-pack name. Here's how it started. I started guiding when I was 16, 17 years old. Bought my first car and boat when I was 17, I think is what it was. Well, long story short, 1987. I graduated 89. Okay. Oh, you're yeah, not yeah. that much older than No, I'm 48. I graduated 91, so. Just turned 48. So I'm still 47 at heart. No, I'm 25 at heart. That's BS. Mm-hmm. Me too. I'm more <laughs> like 16 or 17. I'm very immature. Really immature. For my yeah, age. Yeah. <laughs> same. same. So I'll do my best thing. to try to act my age, but it doesn't work. Anyway. Oh, that's no fun. So I, when I first started my guide service, um, I called it trophy guide service. Okay. Uh, based sure. on the theory that everybody wants Wanted to catch trophy a trophy fish, fish sure, or whatever. Sure. Right? Uh, mind you, this is 1987 or something to that effect. There's no internet. There's right. no Facebook. There's no social media. Nobody to brag to. Advertising was done through uh, community education seminars, writing articles for uh, newspapers, sportsmen's papers, 
um, things like that, hanging up signs at resorts. Sure. You know, I had a, I had vinyls on the window of my blazer I drove at the time. You know, I actually had a sign made and stuck it on the window. Sure. Trophy guide service on my number, 252-1761. Not my number anymore. I don't know whose that is. Sure. Don't call yeah. it. Yeah. But <laughs> we should call it. Hey, is this trophy guide? <laughs> Who the hell is this? 8675309. Right. And Jenny, Jenny. Jenny's guide service. Um, That might work, too. Hmm. Anywho. <laughs> so I kept, it, I kept it that way for a long time. And then I had the uh, fortune and ability to attend college for roughly eight years at St. Cloud State, changed my major twice. And somewhere along the line, the internet was picking up speed and social, you know, um, mm -hmm. internet searches, sure. search. Oh yeah. One of the yeah. classes I took talked about that and um, search terms, keywords. Oh yeah, keywords. Keyword. Remember yep. the keyword? That was one of the big keyword. Yeah. AOL keyword. And I was sitting, uh, you know, sitting in class one day and then I had, I was back at my apartment with my roommates and we were having some beer and probably watching The Simpsons. And uh, it hit me that I have to change my guide service's name right now. Wow. And I need keywords that are going to work. So I picked Minnesota Fishing Guide <laughs> Service. <laughs> all four all four powerful words. Yep. And so right away I called a uh, an attorney who has to uh, file it with the state. Sure. The, na the name. And you have yep. to get it uh, you know, certified and put it in the paper. Make sure nobody else has it. Assume uh, a certificate of, I don't know what they call it anymore, but right. get it renewed every 10 years. And so I did. And so I own the I own the rights to that phrase. I always have. Wow. It's trademark, too, by the way. That's which saved me uh, from a guy named Dang. Josh in Wisconsin that was using I my... Send an, I guess I'll send another email to my lawyer saying, forget that. Yep. Ignore the previous one. So <laughs> there's a few ways around it, but for the most part, if I spot it, I will call, and you'll get a letter, right. and you'll have you to should. take it down. Cease and desist. That's right. I've done it before. Yeah. Well, it's it's um, and it's generic, but spe yet but specific. It's owned. But it's an own generic. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, it was, I call it the six-pack decision because I remember we were having Bush Light six-pack. Bush Light. And uh, that was what we came up with, and within a week, I that was in the early 90s sometime. I think three maybe or two. Uh, I've had it ever since. That's why I asked you if you were part of a guide <coughs> service. I, it sounds like a bannerhead of mm -hmm. you know multiple guys under right under one right one uh, label if you will. Right. But yeah, th I mean there's there's guys that help me out, but I it's oh, sure. it's not uh, I don't claim to own a bunch of guides right. like a lot of guides do, yep. which they don't really own because they're all subcontractors. Subcontractors, correct? S et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, so yeah. And I and I I own about four or five different variations of it as well. So, if somebody tries to tweak it, odds are I already I already own it. How could you so fish it? Hmm? I mean, how could you change it? Oh, there's a little there's a little uh, little ways. I won't even mention them. I won't even mention them. <laughs> I'm gonna come up with a clever one. Steal it. Some the real them. Minnesota fishing guys. <laughs> I, I've even you know there's even <laughs> hunting incorporated in a couple of them. Oh, there you go. Do you do any hunting? Guiding? I used to, but uh, it was. Too dangerous, and um, I like to hunt myself. That's my stress reliever. Sure. You know, after I, fishing I all totally summer, understand that. I, like to f I like to hunt myself and not have to worry about customers. So and don't getting do that. A, getting the hook in the, an ear is slightly less dangerous than a shotgun. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, little bit. Slightly. A little it's bit. A quicker ER visit, <laughs> for sure. So yeah. So yeah, and you know, and it does fit. You know, since I ended up fishing the whole state anyway. You know, all the major areas we talked about earlier, but yeah, um, nobody will know. Nobody will ever know. 
<laughs> so yes, you might see me Gone. in Alexandria one day, and then you might see me in Brainerd a day later, and then you might see me in Walker the Saturday after that, and you might see me all over the place. It's like a shapeshifter. A shapeshifter or a traveler. Shape might traveler? Shape travel. Is that the one? A shape traveler. Around, around, around. I'm a wanderer. Yeah. That's it. You got a song written about you. That's right. Call me the wanderer. Gypsy. Bob's Gypsy Guide Service. Gypsies, that might tramps, work too. and thieves? Mm -hmm. That wouldn't be a bad one. No, I don't think you're going to trust that one. I would think the trouble you got with trophy guide service would be somebody who didn't catch a trophy. I never, like, had that, hey, never had that problem. I didn't catch a trophy. I never had that problem, but you know the comment that I was hearing, and this made me, along with the timing that I had to change my name, is people would think of trophies. Like, I, I might have got oh, a call. Like sports trophy? Yes, I might have got a call in time that said something. <laughs> I need 14 um, Babe Ruth sure. mini, uh, not mini golf, uh, what are they, little? The bobbleheads? Little league, <laughs> little league baseball trophies. Trophies, sure, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, no, wrong trophies. I need a bowling trophy. What? No. So That happens with, like, the difference between a, a sporting goods store and a sports shop. True. That, like... As I ran into that, like I'd be looking for a sporting goods store, and I would put in, again, back in the baby days of the Internet, you know, I'd put in sporting goods, and they would show me a bunch of Basketballs. soccer stores. <laughs> like, this isn't – they don't sell hooks here. This isn't right. helping me out. Right. I think since then they've kind of distinguished the names a little bit, but yeah, a sports shop versus a sporting goods right. store. Yeah, and no, all the, the the computer reads things differently now than it did. Yeah, this ten much years better. ago. Well, there's a lot more information into it. So. Yeah. So if you have an old website, you have to have it re, tear it down and throw it away and and rewrite it the software because odds are Google's not picking up on you if you're ten years old. Doesn't read your language anymore. Did you do the MySpace experiment? You had to. You had to basically. I think I did crash a, course. Learn how to type code just to punch in a picture on that stupid yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I think I did do it for a little bit. Um, I fought Facebook for the longest time because my friends were trying to sell me on. I had a MySpace page, and then people were trying to sell me on Facebook, and I'm like, Is, isn't it the same thing? I'm like, I'm not going to manage two pages. That's that's dumb. And then. Somebody finally was like, dude, it's so much easier. Like, you know how you have to do the code and go through, like, photo bucket, like a whole different site just to post on picture? I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, you don't have to do that. I'm like, what? He's like, here, I'll show you. And he's like, he shows like, oh, <laughs> buy MySpace. Like, forget yeah, that. Right, right. <laughs> Bye, Tom. I'm not, uh, we're not friends anymore. <laughs> no way. I'm out. Facebook is where it's at. So, and now it's. Now I'm kind of starting to transition more to Instagram. Do you have an Instagram? I do. I don't use it that much. I've I've got all the normal stuff, and it's on my list every year to use YouTube more and to use Instagram more and Twitter more Twitter and, use. and all and all that. And like I said before, there's only so much you can do on a 24-hour day. Yep. Six no, of them sure. is sleeping. Yep. And the other <laughs> six of them, if you're lucky. The other 18 is in a boat or in a car. Yeah. Right. And and getting ready for the next trip and. Uh, all that. Right. Check and make sure your kids are still alive. Things like that. Yeah, they can take care of themselves. So they, got, they got phones. They'll let me know if they're dying. I try to do my, my due diligence. You know, and, and the fortunate unfortunate thing nowadays, one of the biggest transitions I've seen throughout the you know, in the fishing industry as far as somewhere where I stand and you, I'm sure you know too. Uh, you know, back in the day, we'll say roll it back fifteen years, maybe even ten years, ten years. 
Probably seven years. <laughs> I'm just getting going smaller. through my head here. <laughs> um, your sponsor, you had to produce fish using right. their stuff. Yes. You had and yeah. you had to yeah. kind of document it somehow, and more and a lot of times you took them fishing with you. You know, let's see if this guy is worth the salt. I'm not giving him any money. Sure. Uh, until he can even prove that he's right. whatever, whatever. Right. Nowadays, it doesn't matter. You can go to any any uh, manufacturer, and as long as you meet their social media re- um, requirements, sure, you'll get sponsored. Yep. Now, the definition of a sponsor to me is somebody that actually pays you money and supplies to product the stuff that doesn't to promote exist their very stuff. much anymore. You have to be so, no. Uh, a standard sponsorship now for a newbie is, hey, we'll, we'll give you a sticker, a hat, and we'll give <laughs> you 20% off, but you have to order a minimum $500 worth of stuff from right. us to get your spon- – yeah. that's that's called marketing, and you're a sucker. Yeah, that's what that they is call not the as pro staff, which <laughs> no, does not mean professional. I disagree with that. It I mean, means I'm, promotional. I've got, I'm on some good pro staffs, um, and there's a reason why I only have, you know, whatever, eight or nine versus 30 because I don't want – the 20 that I go to Fleet Farm and get 20% off any day of the week off something. Sure. And buy a minimum. Watching <laughs> watching the sales. And I'm not going to sit in a sports show booth all weekend in Fargo, North Dakota for you and spend my money for 20% off a freaking jig. Right. Not happening. Yeah. My accountant would yell at me. He'd slap me like a bitch. <laughs> okay. First of all. So I don't have one because he'd have me <laughs> strung up in the street already. So thanks to all my sponsors that are very generous and I do my due diligence diligence yeah. per, and i do my job above and beyond as, as far as i'm concerned yeah and people have heard this from me already <laughs> i'll say like i don't go out and hunt sponsors i mean as of right now i'm not officially sponsored by anybody but full scale outdoors because it's my company i like the spot um, you know uh, you know, talladega nights you know when he's his own sponsor you know will ferrell yeah yeah i think i only watched it one time at the end he's if you're not he's got his own car your last <laughs> yeah. You're gonna first your last. <laughs> yeah, which I agree with actually. Uh, it's a good saying. Or by if the you're way, second, you're the best loser. That's all that means. <laughs> I have no problem with that. That's pretty much seconds good. Going through. I'm my a B plus student. <laughs> well, in the Minnesota made uh, ice fishing league here, we finished the year in eighth place overall out of 25, which I'm happy with. But the trick. I got the same payout. <clears throat> I got the same thing no, in second place. The trick is consistency. <laughs> Everybody gets first eventually, yeah. but the trick is to do it all the time. Yeah, and well, that's why that's why. Uh, well, in our previous unrecorded conversation, <laughs> no. we talked about uh, being a tournament angler for some uh, for five minutes. And I said, yeah. "Well, here's what's going to happen if you're going to be a touring touring pro, fishing pro. You're going to go broke. You're going to be drunk, and you're going to be divorced, more than likely. Yeah. And there's a reason why you don't see many touring pros." What if I have? What if I have those already for more than? Uh, well, then you're ahead of the game. Does that mean that I should just be a tournament <laughs> angler then? <laughs> well, you should be waiting for that's me. A, that's a pretty I've bad divorce. That's a pretty I've bad stereotype. <laughs> but trust me, if you talk to enough of those guys, and you'll understand soon why they're only there for about three years. Yeah, unless it's, they're. It's unless a grind, though. Unless I mean, they're, you're on the road all the time, traveling well, and, to and most of state them, to state you know, to state. Kind of back to what we just talked about about the Man. social media requirements versus uh, actual skill. Nowadays, to be touring pro, all you need is a checkbook and a company that runs itself while you're gone. Deep pockets. Yeah, you don't have yeah. to know how to fish. Yeah. I can well, be, I can yeah. be. well, no, you don't. To be on the touring circuit, you don't. No, they'll take your money. That's they'll right. They'll take your entry You write fee. a check and you yeah. get a number, oh, and sure. now you're a touring pro. Right. Whether you win yeah. or lose, doesn't yeah. matter. Well, I'm a pro angler. I mean, I've been paid to fish. Right. So. But, uh, so now it's a little bit different than back in the, well, okay, the Roland Martin days or the. Even the Linder days when they first started. Yeah. You know, living out of your car, 
scratching up enough money to get an entry fee yeah and catch fish and win a couple dozen times and right. all of a sudden sponsors now are looking at you. Are now people are giving you some attention. money yes right. that you know like nascar you know until fishing turns into what nascar is as far as close. sponsorships if you look at their boats <laughs> <laughs> i don't know but see, it's the a grind. either way it's a the grind. difference yeah. is boats can turn right Mm, yeah, <laughs> right. They, yeah, they back they up. Go in too. any direction. Right, drive backwards most <laughs> time. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. If you're a walleye guy, you're right. right. Sometimes, half the time. Patrolling, but, baby. But, right. So it's a very interesting. Um, yeah. I wouldn't want to be starting over again. No, the like only benefit. Only benefit you have is you do a social media, and the, the you can you can tell somebody in Africa that come here and catch a, a bass. You couldn't do that in 1989. Sure. No, you just couldn't. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, they would never so, they even know what a bass is. So, in other words, if you have any business sense at all, starting a guide service now, in theory, could be easier because of the outreach. Well, it hasn't been for me so far. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> i got to get better at that. It's, I don't know. It's not the, it's not the fishing it's part. Inter- it's an interesting. Sure it's getting uh, the clients part. But I'm just glad happen. I don't have to start over again. Right. It takes a long time. Well, it could take a long time. Unless if I could go back into my younger self with, obviously, the knowledge I have now, and who wouldn't do that no matter where you were going to go with that knowledge, I would have got into it sooner. I mean, it's always been, like, my passion. I just never – I had a lot of self-doubt, if you will. Like, I didn't – I was the only person in my way of making this a career. Well, that's true with anybody. Yeah. It was – Anything. Finally got Isn't to it? the – Well, because we were both 16-year-olds, basically. So <laughs> – we already admitted that. So, I mean, I finally got actually old enough, calendar old enough to go, why don't you work for yourself? Go do what you want to do. There's money to be made out there. You're not going to get rich, but as long as you can pay the bills mm-hmm. and you're not hating your life every day, right. let's, let's do that. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. Right. <laughs> well, giving it a shot. Well, I figure worst case scenario, I won't regret it. Like, mm-hmm. people on their deathbed, they don't regret things they've done, unless they're really shitty things. But they genuinely regret things they didn't do. I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have traveled here. I w- you know, those are the things that people on their deathbed talk about. And you know, maybe I'm back tying iron sooner than I want to be. But sure, I'm not going to regret any move that I made in this direction. And I think it's going to work out. It's just going to take some patience. Weather a few storms, it's going to be fine. Um, what I'm really enjoying is this podcast. I mean, getting a chance to sit down with you. I mean, I didn't know you from Adam until we sat down and met face-to-face today. A couple correspondence by email. But, I mean. You pretty, could have been a serial killer. Pretty cool. I still can be. We guess we won't know. That white van That's is kind of <laughs> suspicious. <laughs> wow. I mean, <laughs> the windows. It doesn't have any windows, though. I put some window-looking stickers on it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, baby on board and uh, right. you know stuff like that. It's if you opened the back door and you had a chair and a cast and you said, hey, you help me load this, <laughs> I probably would have said no. Want some candy, little boy? If it's a drive up in an ice cream truck? <laughs> Wait, I thought you were a fishing guide. Eh, I'm fishing for something different. I'll tell you what, though. There, uh, On that whole note, you know, back in the day, you got a phone call, a voicemail, right? Hey, this is Bob. Well, We'll pretend I'm uh, on the answering machine. And we're coming up to Leech Lake June 28th. I like a full day trip. I got four people. Um, what's your availability? Pretty standard phone call. Sure. Now, it's an email. Yep. All right, this is Bob coming up to Leech Lake January 20 or June 28th. 
Are you available? Blah, 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 blah. <coughs> sure, I am. And you can call these. I generally do call people right back. Sure. I'm a yeah, faster I talker to, yep. than, I, uh, uh, than the email. However, the email is a good trail of uh, evidence and uh, reminders and things like that. Yep. So, uh, but for the most part, a lot of, probably 75% of the people, I don't even know what they sound like until I meet sure. them at the dock or at the, yeah. wherever we're going to meet that day. I have no clue what they sound like or, you right. know, are you the yeah. guy, yeah. you know, uh, what's going on, you know. Um, so that's kind of odd, but that, you know, that's how things have changed. Yeah, for sure. But I, I do, like I said, I, I know I, my short-term memory is garbage, so having that trail, that electronic trail, I mean, like, what, what was that guy's name again? I go back through my emails or text messages. I like, I like the text. So I, almost all of my correspondence, even if I start with uh, email, I'll say, you know, feel free to call or text me at this number. It's right. Just, well, I like <laughs> having the text. It's easier. And then there is that. <coughs> There's the guy that has never hired a guide before or the Ooh, gal. Got a bunch of those. And they have a lot of questions, of course, and I have a lot of answers and a lot of options. It's not just, you know, cut and dried. It's there's tons of options. I'll just I'll say please call me on this number and we'll get this done in about 5 minutes. Right. You can you can type that every day. Sure. But the email will go on for a week back and forth and right. back and yeah. forth. I make my living in a boat, not in a cubicle, right. I'm not in, front, in of front of a laptop. Of a computer. And then they start to get mad because you're not responding fast enough. And again, my answer is, call me. I'm in a boat. <laughs> call me. Yep. This will be done. So finally, they call. Sorry, that date's been booked. Right. Booked it a week ago. Yeah. Well, you should have. If you had called me right away, it'd have been yours. Right. So there is a certain point where the technology is hindering people from getting what they want done. That is true. Backfires. Yep, that is true. And there's really no excuse for it. No. I mean, it's you have all the technology at your fingertips. You're going to have to it. talk to me for four hours whether you like it or not. So you might as well start now. <laughs> right? All right? Get out of the way. Maybe you don't want to. Maybe right. You can find out. Find out right away. <laughs> Wait till you're trapped in a boat fighting your way through it. I don't know. So, yeah, that's kind of frustrating. I wish it was still more phone calls. Um, I don't know. There's goods and bads to it. Yeah, I, I like I like phone calls. I mean, I'm a talker, obviously. I mean, so it's it's I and I'll, I'll talk to anybody. Um, but I like the again once the phone call's gone, if you just told me your name, I'm gonna forget your name. But if you sent me a text or an email, I can at least reference that. I'm like, okay, okay, it was, it was Josh. All right, cool, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so just I'm terrible with names. I don't know what that is. I just I can't. I think for me, like when I meet somebody. I was always taught to you have good eye contact, nice mm -hmm. firm handshake, you know, that kind of stuff. So I'm, in my mind, I'm making sure I'm presenting myself well and being respectful to the other person. So when they tell me their name, ironically, very disrespectfully, I forget their name mm -hmm. because I'm making sure I'm concentrating on eye contact, handshake, mm -hmm. it, listening to what they're <laughs> actually saying, being engaged in, as a conversationalist or just meeting somebody, you know, and then – like shit what was their name again <laughs> well and now i sound like a jackass i gotta go yeah what was your name <laughs> well yeah you know yeah you gotta have a system to remember names you know on the average day i have to remember eight names well, i'm gonna have to get better at that two different you know two different chunks it's easy when you fish them all day because once you get you know the first hour uh then you got it made all day i'm going but name tags yeah right out of the gate but yeah you could <laughs> My my system was pretty standard. I usually associate something with them, you know. Like suppose your name is Rob. You're wearing a red hat. 
You're Red Hat Rob. Red Hat Rob. Every time Rob, I look yeah. at that Red Hat, I'm thinking Rob. And the first, you know, 14 times I talk to you, Rob, I'm going to use your name a lot, Rob. Hey, Rob, what do you think about this? Yeah. I'm brainwashing good, yeah. myself right. to not yeah. forget no, your name. No, that's smart. Um, sure. Or, or in my mind, I'll think of something, you know, just kind of sick, like, this is, I'm going to remember <laughs> this guy's name. Sick. You know what I mean? Say it. Uh, <laughs> so and it does work, you know. And I then bet. I, and then I make it a point to ask him all two or three questions, um, and I try to fool myself. Like I'll I'll talk to the guy in the bow first. Sure. I'll talk to the guy right by me second, and then I'll maybe talk to the guy over the, the uh, front port side third, and then I will bounce back to the guy by me, and then back up to the bow on purpose to see if I can fool myself to forget. And after I play this mind game, you know, for about a half an hour. It's uh, then I don't Starts forget. To stick, yeah. 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 Then I don't. Well, <laughs> I'll probably have to adopt some of those things because I am the worst. Be like, hey, you, let's bait your hook quick. <laughs> or if it if it is if it is uh, if it is a confusing situation for some reason, we'll say they all look alike or, or they're twins. They're all wearing uh, Iowa Hawkeyes crap because they're all from Iowa. Well, you don't let them fish in your boat anyway. Or they're all Gopher fans and they're all wearing maroon. You know what I mean? There's yeah, yeah, some yeah. of that. And so then I'll, I'll just write it on my hand. You know, here's my boat. Here's my seats. I'll write five little names on my hand, and I'll look at that two or three times, and sure. then that, that's oh, you got her down to a science. Another way I have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably gonna struggle. I'll st- I know I will. St- I know I'll struggle with so. that piece. <laughs> Guaranteed struggle for that piece, for sure. You know, because you got that going through your head, but then I've got the wheels turning. Okay, time to work. Yeah, catch right. fish, catch Find fish, fish yeah. catch fish. But that part comes what natural, right? You don't think about that. What are you that. doing? What are you doing? Right? That's just instinct. What are we doing? You just, <laughs> you just done it so many times, it just happens, right? Yeah, pretty much. Well, the one thing we did talk about before, are we, we recording now? We recording now? Yes. So <laughs> the one thing we did talk about before we even fake recorded, the first time that was a dry run. <laughs> that was that was a really good dry run too. There was some good stuff in there. Um, but we talked about in Minnesota here. We got the they have a new limit size structure for northern pike that I would assume most people in Minnesota are aware of. But no, they're not. But they're probably they not. are not. So it'd be a good thing to cover. Last year the buffer. Last year was the DNR's uh, grace period. I don't think they wrote many tickets last year for the wrong size pike. But get ready. But this year, <laughs> uh, well, as you noticed, I picked up ten of the new reg books yesterday, and the top of the line, top of the book says. In 2018, pike the National rigs. Pikes uh, or the Pike red rules changed, something like that. Right. Ah, that's right. This is the year they're going to start writing tickets for yeah. that. But I, you know, I, I plant people in a fish house, um, and they're catching pike. They don't have a clue what they are. Um, they didn't put any billboards on 90, Highway 94 last year saying pike rules have changed. Sure. They should put one on 94 and one on 10. Yeah, and 35. All the highways go on to wherever. Mm. Yeah. They do not do that. Nor Just do go they. north. Nobody goes south. They don't have to, right? But uh, nine out of ten people didn't have a clue. Yeah. You could walk up to that spear house over there right now and ask the guy in there spearing if he knows the rules, and he'll say no. No. Don't have a clue. I see a fish, I stick it. <coughs> or, or, or the angry house over there. Sure. Or, you know. You well, even in Mille Lacs. I, I, I mean, saved the guy some money one on a lake uh, not too long ago. We were crappie fishing, and the guy over, I don't know, 20 yards away was how yipping and yelling out of his fish house, and he gets out, and he's got about a 24, 20-inch pike in his hand, and he asks his buddy, which is over by me, oh, kind no. of, do you want this fish? And I told him, I said, you can't keep that fish. That's going to be an expensive lunch. Yeah. Well, what do you no mean? No, I see, you know, the rules changed last summer, you know, 2018. 
what do you mean? I said, you you got to throw that back. It's in the mean? slot 22 right. to 26. Or, you know. And I got to look myself all the time. Oh, yeah. I can't. Because I've been names, someone. I don't remember. Like, and, and some lakes have their own. You know, so it's <laughs> right. like you and have on, to And be, on that note, um, you have to be on your the, game. The yellow signs at the boat landings trump the printed regulations. Right. Because so they can change. So, like, for, here's an example. Instantly. You know, uh, Pearl Lake west of St. Cloud here. Okay. Little bowl, prairie lake. Um has different pike slot than than the 22 to 26. Okay. Uh, there it's 24, and then one over 30. So there you can keep a 22 and a half inch or 23 mm. inch pike. Is it still 10, the yeah. limit? Nope. The limit there is three. The old limit. The old limit of three. Correct. So, but you could go there and wonder which one do I right? Which one do I follow? Right. And it's always the wardens will always tell you it's always the signage at the landing. And the other thing the people book. should probably start carrying with them is like a Sharpie and some bags or something. Because if you say you're on that lake, mm -hmm. you get your three in that size range, and you're on your way somewhere else, maybe you fish two different lakes in a day. Right. Now on the other mm -hmm. lake, now you have a fish in your possession, in your vehicle. Maybe you didn't put it in the boat, but it's still in your vehicle. On ice, let's just say. Well, it's going to be on ice because you can't keep it alive while full of water anymore. Right, so, so it's, it's going to be on ice, clean them out get home. but it's, it's still in, in your ice. possession. Correct. Yep. And now you're f actively fishing yep. on a lake with a different size structure right. regulation. That conservation officer didn't, doesn't know you didn't just well, run back and throw <coughs> it on ice and head back out in the lake Correct. and say, and hey, I, I was fishing on pearl. And I don't know how they handle that. I think they have to take your word for it at that point. It's no different than when they open a lake up to a promiscuous fishing. Right, suppose it's a lake that's uh, keep as many copies as you want. You caught you okay. caught my attention with promiscuous. Keep going. Se <laughs> sexy. <laughs> you are a very slutty lake. <laughs> I'm gonna fish the hell out of you. Is that what that where, means? Where are you fishing? Oh, so the whore reservoir. <laughs> Hole in the day bay. <laughs> there it is. That's a that's a oh legit spot. Right. This is going down a bad alley. So, <laughs> so you keep your 400 copies because it's legal, and you drive them home. Right. Uh, your neighbor doesn't like you. He thinks you're an a-hole because you got a dandelion's bone and it was lawn. <laughs> he calls calls the warden. Warden calls up, and it's only you and your wife. You don't have any kids. Right. Well, that means you can only have 20 possession and crappies in your freezer, no yeah. matter what. Right. No matter what. But you got 300 in there because you can. You're right. Because you caught them in this other lake. Sure. Does that mean you have to gift away the other? And only so right, you have to gift away down to the state. The how do you prove that whole thing? Yeah, right. I, the well, next, I next think time I, I what it's going right to come down to is you <coughs> have to properly tag it. See, waterfall hunters, I don't know if you waterfall well, right, hunt but you, at all. So you're gonna have you, to. You, but back to uh, back to your hauling the pike to the next lake in the cooler, you don't have them tagged. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, so if you carry a sharpie and some plastic bags, right. you're better off throwing those all in a big bag, whether you write it on a slip or on the plastic itself. Time, date. Wrap it up, and you could still you could still cheat the system. Oh sure. Well, let's say you did run back to the landing, and you're like, "Well, I'm gonna just say I caught these in Pearl because it's right down mm -hmm. the street." Yeah, you could write that on there, I guess. Correct. Chances are, when you get stopped by a conservation officer, they've already been watching you for a while. No, that's that's they, right. They they already know what that's you're right. guilty. Yeah, of. you're not gonna get pulled over at the at the BP station filling up for the gas. No, it's they gonna are. be at the shore. No. Although we did get. Uh, spring or no, uh, it was in the fall. We were uh, waterfall hunting in North Dakota, and we were at the gas station. You know, had the hunting trailer, and well, that's different. And we got checked. That's easier to do. That's that's definitely 
we didn't more likely to happen. We didn't legally have to show them anything. Right. We were just so what we're dressed in camel and we're hauling a trailer. Yeah. You don't know what we're doing. We're, just bought it. we're drywallers. What? <laughs> I mean I mean they don't really have a reason but we didn't have anything to hide either. We were mm-hmm. follow all laws. We actually we had a wing attached to all our birds. Sure. And you know, they were everything was on the up and up. But I guess what I'm trying to say is I think as these laws kind of get more convoluted and you got uh, lakes with special regulations, it's not the worst habit to get into to just do your due diligence and protect yourself, you know. Correct. Just like you said. Well, <laughs> And I ask. think a lot of people don't understand, too, that your possession limit is literally your possession limit. So if you have right. a package of crappies in your freezer and you're out fishing right now, yeah, it doesn't matter if it's in your back you pocket, your trunk, or your ashtray. Any of those fish. No, technically. absolutely not. And this is not, uh, I'm not saying go do this. this I'm not endorsing this at all. But generally, I don't think a CO is going to get on you too much if you had a couple meals in your freezer. They're looking for those grossly over-limit people that have 300, 400. Like you're never going to eat all those fish. Right. No, they're never going well, to. I'm, like I'm not promoting that practice. Yeah, it's hard for them to build a case anyway. Keeping more than your possession limit. A lot of information and evidence to even come to your house. Right. First of all. Sure. Um, personally, they can come over anytime they want. You know, yeah. bring but some it, beer. It happens. It, hap- <laughs> it just happened, uh, I think it just happened this last season. Somebody but was just there, go out, catch a limited crappies, yep. bring it in. I'll be the first right to call back you out. If I see you doing it, I'll oh, be the first sure. one to call you in. Yeah. Uh, I would too. They're going to get your license plate number off the vehicle you're driving. They're going to get a description. Yep. And they're going to get a time frame when you're out here every day. Because I'm on the lake every day. And I, they know, I notice stuff. And so don't be doing that. You're protecting the resource. Those yep. rules are made for a reason. You know, like it's, it's seven and, you meant know. to help everybody. Correct. This is, you know, and again, another thing that we talked about for our first practice run even was like the nightmare that's on Malax, you know, of, you know, what's the cause of that? But it's it just goes down. Back to the rules should be set, in my opinion, by scientists, not by legislators. Let the f- people whose job it is, the fisheries, the wildlife, if it's hunting, the wildlife mm-hmm. managers, keep it scientific. And if that butt hurts a certain group of people, I'm sorry, but this is what we need to do for the overall health mm-hmm. of the ecosystem. Like this isn't it isn't about you. It's about the system. It's about everybody in the state. Everybody that wants to recreate one way or the other. Well and that could be that might not even be hunting and fishing related. You know, that comes down to ATV use on state trails. Sure. You know? <coughs> you wanna let everything on there and just destroy this trail? Right. Well I could, could it's a state forest. I should be able to go everywhere I want. Oh, so we should, the, the whole state forest, because you want to do that, should be a, a mud pit? should be a shithole? Right. No. It's, this is bigger than <laughs> exactly. you. Sorry. It just is. Funny you brought that up, because I was talking to a trail groomer yesterday <coughs> on my lunch break. You know, the guy with the oh snowmobile yeah. trail they groomer? they go right in front of my house and make it a nightmare and, for uh, me to get out. He works in collaboration with the sheriff's department, because he's got a report when they're grooming the trails where people are going off these trails a lot, like sure. ripping across the farmer's field, right. middle of freaking nowhere, causing or a wetland. Yeah, and you say, yeah, there's issues all the time, you know, and they wonder why these snowmobile clubs are losing their trails because the morons are driving on them aren't following the rules. And he goes, and I said, well, who do you think it is? He goes, 90% of the time, some young punk who just bought a mountain sled, sure. tearing the joint up. Yep. Yeah, that's that's the stereotype. Right. It's not you and me on our no. Indy two-up 
2002 Polaris cruising along at 32 miles an hour. Right. Do to do to do. Doing, yeah, abiding by all the laws. It's yeah. always, it, you know, and that can be said across the board for just about anything. It's always the the irritating minority that ruin it for everybody else, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, no matter, no matter what the issue is, that's problem, pretty much saying. the thing. Yeah, well, it's, And it yeah. comes down to the people engaging in those activities to police themselves, you know. Right. You know, that's not going to happen. Well, you can bring it back full circle to fishing. You look at, let's look at musky fishermen. There was, they argued to have the the length limit increased, the minimum. Yeah, that's not a healthy situation. Um, That's just my two cents. They started to. They should cap it at 45 inches. Well, I mean, I think what's, I, I personally think it doesn't matter. Like, it was great that they did that, but. People actively fishing for muskies weren't keeping them anyways. So they're, my point is they're policing themselves. They had their own internal regulations, if you will. The only people there that. wasn't tickets to be written out, but they weren't. They were the ones that chose to catch or release. Right. Now you got some weekend angler, you know, he accidentally catches a muskie and he takes it out of the population. That's, that's what was happening. Is but how often does that happen? Joe Blow's trolling a number seven shadrap across Walker Bay and Leech Lake and catches a. 49-inch muskie, pure luck, pure chance, pure whatever. He wants mm-hmm. to take it home and mount it. Sure. Biggest thing you ever caught in night camp, really? Yeah. No, I think you should be able to because Why? I don't think. We don't need 75-inch muskies swimming around the lake. Oh, well, I would like them, but, I mean, you don't have to have one around every rock no. either. But the thing, <laughs> my, my point is, is that, that it's a chance encounter. How many of those fish are going to be taken out of any given watershed in a year? Let's just say two dozen. Maybe that's low, maybe it's high, right. I don't know. The accidental catches. Right. Two dozen fish out of Lake Vermilion, it's not going to affect that fishery. No. That's Mm-mm. that's going to be immeasurable. That's not going to mark on a graph. You're not going to see that's not going to change it. It's not going to change your size structure. It's Absolutely just not. not. And the people that are out there targeting, targeting them and catching them on a regular basis, they're letting all of them go. Right. Even if it's a 55-incher. If it's... A 75-incher, which would be absurd, but let's just go 75-incher because you brought it up. That person's getting a replica. I don't think they're going to let it go. I don't think they'll live to be that long. No, they don't. But they're going to. But you never know. There could be a freak. Sure. There could be a shack fish swimming out there. That's yep. just, you know, that whatever gene that limits their growth, they didn't get, or it's switched on the other way, and they just grow ridiculously. It can happen. It happens. You know, weird weird shit happens in nature. But let's just say it does happen. You're not killing that fish anyways. No. If you're targeting it, chances are, as a musk, diehard musky fisherman, between you and me and the fence post, if I'm musky fishing, and I do quite a few musky trips a year, and somebody caught a legal, big enough to keep, Mm -hmm. you know, and they say, hey, can I keep this fish? I'd say, you go right ahead and mount that son of a bitch if you want to. 100%. I would too. In fact, I think I'd encourage it, because odds are that thing isn't going to make it much more anyway. And replicas are great. But do you have a replica of your ten point buck? I don't. I've never shot a ten point buck. If you did, so <laughs> would you rather have the real head? I'd or have a the real thing. I'm sure. But yeah. some people will cape. <laughs> some people will put a different cape on a set of horns. So <laughs> they do it all the time. I don't like that. <coughs> so I, I want the real animal. I want the real <laughs> fish. I trust me. I've thrown back. I don't even know. Here's my take. But every here, every fish that I have mounted is the real yeah fish. Well, here's I I have. Again, here we, and this was this is going to be new to this podcast because we lost all the, we didn't lose it. It never recorded, but 
I'm an extreme centrist, if you will, and, I'm, and this is another venue where I am. A lot of people that are super pro replica, they use it as a position of righteousness, of mm -hmm. social justice, to somehow elevate themselves. Why are you killing that fish? You that that fish will it. never spawn again. Blah, all the same arguments. But replicas are more expensive than not, not a, a skin. Lot. They're pretty close than now. Than a skin. Yeah, a real skin mount. Is skin mount. It's cheaper. It just but, is cheaper. Yeah. Um, but that might mean something for somebody. Again, let's let's. You're a kid fishing off a pier somewhere, and you catch this thing. And maybe your dad works at Walmart or something. Maybe he's not. You guys don't have a lot of money. Even to get a skin mount is like really putting them out. Like sure. they're stretching, they're stretching the penny just to get the skin mount. There's no way they could justify the extra hundred bucks or wherever it would be for a, a fiberglass replica. And you're gonna wag your finger at them and poke them in the chest and right. say they're not as good of a sportsman because they killed that fish. Absolutely not. Fuck off. Absolutely not. I mean, that's not where we want to see this sport go, no. in my opinion. I, it's should be, you should be high fiving that kid. Yeah. I mean, that's the future of the sport. The last thing you should be mm -hmm. doing is browbeating that kid. Right. I agree. That kid should be like. Put them on the news. Like, that's that's cool, man. You caught this giant fish. That's awesome. <laughs> right. Oh, and man. if it's not against the law, you don't have anything to say anyways, in my no, opinion. No, absolutely not. Not breaking the law. Leave, leave them alone. Yep. Well, within your rights. Alone. Just if, if you disagree with it that much, now you're back to, like, you know. You're an unhappy person. Yeah, you're just, you're just mad because <laughs> you don't agree with it. You know, like, we were talking about this the other day. I was talking about with somebody – because once in a while I get notes on my windshield, you know, damn guides are ruining my lake. I can't catch any walleyes. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. Or I'll get an email or a phone call. Wow. And what it boils down to all the time, and they don't know me from Adam either. Right. They don't know. Yeah. They don't You're know how many. individual. They may see me walk off the lake and clean 12 fish in the morning and 12 fish in it, but they don't know that I threw back 50. Right. They don't know that we released four of them that were over six pounds. They don't know anything. All they see is that yep. we're, we're taking a bunch of eaters home. Well within the legal right of the people that I'm taking. Mm -hmm. They're not my fish. Right. Uh, and But it boils down to every single time. I, I reanalyze every time I get some kind of negative feedback uh, or position from yeah, somebody. Sure. <coughs> uh, and it's always, you know what the root cause of it all is? And it kind of it relates to what you were just talking about as far as the guy getting mad about the, the replica, whatever. It all, to, in my opinion, it all stems from pure... Jealousy. Sure. Pure jealousy. Yep. That guy doesn't want you to have that real fish. He wants you to get a replica of that fish. Because he's never caught one like that. Sure. He's and already he's yeah. already pissed coming out of the chute. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's no it's no different than the musky guy that's claiming that you, the musk I mean the excuse me, that the, the muskies are running the walleye fishing in this right. lake. I can't catch any walleyes in this lake because the muskies are in there eating them all. On news flash, and you know this as well as I do. Every top ten walleye <laughs> yeah, lake in the state, years. let yeah. alone the world, we'll just we'll even expand yeah. to the world, has had muskies in it yeah. since the beginning of time. Right. So you're going to tell me that the muskies in Lake of the Woods are eating all the walleyes that people are driving up to by the thousands every yeah. winter to catch, or the, or the or the twelve inch saugers they're slaughtering every you know whatever. Yeah. Muskies aren't eating; they must be eating those, aren't they? Well, know. we should. What we need to do know. is control the biggest predator of walleye. I like Which is I man. Have, I've had an open invitation <laughs> to anybody. Walleye fishermen are the worst. <laughs> I, I've had a standing invitation to anybody who lives on a lake or fishes a lake with muskies and walleyes in it to clean a muskie and find a walleye in it. Well, not that, but 
pay me, I'll come show you how to catch walleyes in the lake that sure. you're complaining about. There aren't any. There aren't no walleyes. <laughs> the muskies ate them all. And the one yeah, you have to get that phone call. Yeah, well, but the same guy is uh, causing problems down in the uh, at the capital. If the muskies really? don't eat them, the guides catch them all. Come on, yes, <laughs> the guides catch them. Nobody's all. better at making excuses. I don't want to piss off a bunch of people, but walleye fishermen—they're the best. They are hands down. The best in the in the outdoor world at making excuses. The cormorants are eating right. them, the muskies are eating them. The DNR didn't stock enough. The DNR is is uh, milking all the fish from this lake, so those eggs aren't going into that. There's a cold front. There was a uh, too many bait fish. It was a mayfly hatch. <laughs> like nobody, right. nobody has more excuses in their tackle box than walleye fishermen. I'm surprised there's rooms left for the jig. Um, no, and <laughs> people that have listened to this podcast know me. They know I like to bust walleye fishermen's balls. But well, what have I been doing all winter long? Fishing for walleyes mostly. Well, so. <laughs> well everybody knows bass are easier to catch day in and day out than a walleye. Oh, that's, that's so not true. I can say that as an unbiased fishing guy. Not quality fish, though. I'm talking just numbers. Yeah, I'll, numbers. I'll agree. You numbers. can fit a bobber and a hook, and you're going to catch bass all day long off a dock. Correct. And you can do the walleye too, certain times of the Non-stop. year. Nonstop. Yeah, certain times of the year, but. I'll agree with that. Yeah, but there are some to consistently some catch quality bass. Yeah, quality it's not bass. The case. Well, it depends what you consider quality. You know, eighteen over. I consider quality three, four pound. Yeah, bunch of those. 18s. Seventeen inchish. Eighteen. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. you get them consistently. Minnesota's got bazillions of them. Oh, it's great! Like for our great uh, state bass fishing's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's it is probably in my, my free, favorite in my free time if I have free time. Right. I'd just soon go throw for bass for an hour or two and get out of my system and go back to work. For me, <laughs> like, I don't, like, dragging a, like, I don't mind walleye fishing, like, you get on a jig bite, that's kind of fun. Jerk bait, you know, if you're casting and retrieving, that's what mm-hmm. I like. I don't, I, God, this trolling bore me. It just bores me to tears, especially if I'm dragging a Lindy rig around. <laughs> I just don't, I don't know if there's a more boring style of fishing i gotta sit there and i gotta pay attention to this light bite then i gotta let him suck on that leech for an hour before i can even set the hook and hopefully he's still on there to catch a 14 inch <laughs> walleye so oh. you gotta find more aggressive fish this is like <laughs> oh, i just found other stuff that excites me more i don't like doing that musky fishing bass fishing i mean it just i'd rather go pan fishing i'd rather get an ultralight mm-hmm. and, and go catch some stud bluegills i mean those i mean Pound for pound, arguably, I'd say it'd be either bluegill or smallmouth bass for who fights the hardest. I'll take the bass. Pound for I'll pound. I'll take the smallmouth bass. I will too, generally. But again, that's why you got to say pound for pound. I mean, if a bluegill got to be five pounds, I bet you'd have a pretty good fight in your hands. Yeah, but they're not going to jump. <laughs> True. I don't know Can if I've had too many bluegills. Bluegill? That would be, I would look hilarious, for one, because they're built like a dinner plate, but. Uh, no, I have caught, and as far as rarities, there's a little side shoot conversation. I've caught uh, walleyes on a topwater bait before. I've caught a jumping walleye on a before. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, not a true not a true surface bait, but fishing, you know, floating rapples on the surface. That's sure. Twitch baits. I've yep. caught many walleyes doing that. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. that's kind of what happened in this one. I had, I was Those hearing. Are, they're huge surface feeders. I was hearing Just like fish, fish break on the surface. Just like catfish. Yeah. Catfish are jumping. That's another song. Um, but I was, it was that night at our cabin on the river, and I was hearing these fish break. And I was assuming they were bass. So I went out, and I got a popper. I threw it out there, and I'm popping it. And I 
it kept getting hit, but I couldn't hook up. Mm-hmm. They were missing it. Mm-hmm. They were just like slapping at it or right. missing it or whatever. So I'm like, uh, screw it. I'll go to a subsurface bait, you know, like a husky jerk, something like that. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't touch it. So I went back to the topwater bait, and I finally hooked up, and it was a walleye. It was like a 17-inch walleye. It was a nice, you know, decent walleye. Sure. I'm like, holy crap. Then I went back to the jerk bait, thinking, well, they they'll eat this more. I mean, they don't mm-hmm. generally hit topwater baits. Their mouths aren't really that well adapted to it. Right. Um, but doesn't mean they can't do it. It's just they're not generally up feeders. Right. But they were this day, and uh, never caught another one. They would they would not hit the subsurface one, mm-hmm. and I would keep getting strikes kind of on the topwater one, but I, they wouldn't. I know. I was surprised too. I'm like, I, this. They should be smashing this because what I here's my theory behind it. That year, so this river changes a lot. There's a lot of sandbars and stuff like that. And this year, this like sandbar developed just upstream from our cabin, from mm-hmm. our property. So there was super shallow water, like a foot, and then it dropped off into like three, four feet real quick. Sure. And I think the walleyes had herded the bait fish, and so they were coming. They were pushing them up on that shallow water right. so they're you know skylighting them yep seeing their silhouette and they're coming up almost straight up at them sure to to eat them you know going yeah, after their a, silhouettes <laughs> or whatever yeah and the good chance of silhouette of the po- uh, the popper was closer, closer to the, to the, the other fish. yeah size it was fatter and, and wasn't skinny yep. like a yeah right that's very possible right um it's probably a lot of different factors but they wanted. I mean, they were hitting the popper. They just kept missing it somehow. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was moving it too fast. That's. I. Maybe I just need to let it sit. True. You know, just let it. Although float they're down. very aggressive. If they want something, they'll oh take yeah. it. They'll tear oh yeah. out. You know, they're just like anything else. They'll yeah. tear the rod out of your hand at times too. Yeah, they'll smash it. There are mm-hmm. times, like I said, a good a good jig bait. You know, casting a jig and dragging it or hopping it, whatever, or even swimming it. If you know, depending on the, on the day. That's fun. That's more interactive. I like the the kind of sit and wait fishing. I'm not. A giant fan. So of that. you're not a uh, slip abber fan, uh, <laughs> unless you're doing what uh, is called uh, power corking, which I learned at a buddy of mine. He was a guide, another fellow iron worker, was a guide on the lax, and he. I went out with him once, and he did this thing called power corking, where we basically drove around the lake looking for schools of fish mm-hmm. on the thing. So you'd have a you'd have a slip bobber with a pretty heavy jig and a leech or a minnow, whatever, didn't matter, and a preset depth at the bobber yep. stop at like 28 feet. Sure. You'd go around and you'd get over a school of fish. You'd put it in reverse, get back over it. As soon as he got over that school of fish, all the lines, boom, straight down over the side. Right. And then they would just go pop, 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 pop. I mean, when you got sure. them in front of them, they bit. I mean, it was like, and then all of a sudden you'd get off them. All right, everybody reel up. Then you'd have to drive around until you found the school again. Right. And then, all right, drop. So that was more, I mean, that was pretty exciting. It was like fast-paced, you mm-hmm. know, like it was... It's, again, it's not that dragging a Lindy rig around, right. which some people love. I just It's just not for me. I literally dropped a pole in the water because I fell asleep doing that. <laughs> I shit you not. I lost <laughs> an entire rod and reel combo because I fell asleep trolling. That's how they get down. I That's how they get in the water. to keep the rod in the boat now <laughs> when I do that. <laughs> yeah, if you're just going over the side. I literally oh, nodded off, and I, my hand just, like, open, relaxed enough. And oh, I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <sighs> oh, man. No, but, again, go find aggressive fish. But at that time, you know, I was fishing with my then father-in-law, who, rest in peace, I don't want to talk too much shit about him, but he wasn't the greatest angler in the world. He just wasn't. He was very – it just – 
his knowledge was limited. Sure. So kind of a lot like my dad was. I mean, it was like that's all we ever did is troll. Mm -hmm. Lindy, little Joe Spinner, you'd change blade color and bait between minnow, leech, and worm, and you troll between 8 and 14 feet. They're either biting or they weren't. <laughs> it wasn't that they might not be there. It's still that it's way. It's like they either were biting or they weren't. That's that was that's like it's the only way my old man fished. It's still that, that was way it. today. I mean, it's just <laughs> if not worse. Yeah. So I mean, it's you know, knowing what I know now, or if it would have been my boat, I would have been trying something different. I'd be like, I don't think they're here. Like, <laughs> maybe they're not. Maybe they're here. They're not biting. But how about we try somewhere else? Good chance. Or there. something else. Yeah. There's just nothing there. Ugh. That's brutal. I just. <laughs> It's brutal. I can't do it. Now, like, somebody would then argue, like, why do you like musky fishing? You can fish all day and not catch a fish. True, but if I do, chances are it's going to be a good fish. It's not yeah. going to be a 14-inch musky, right. right? It's going to be even a small musky, in air quotes, decent fish, generally. Generally. I mean, I have caught, you know, 14-inch musky yeah. before, which young of the year fish, but I personally only like, ever caught one I, of those. I personally love to catch 40 to 45-inch muskies. Mm. They're the pit, they're the spitfire, pissed off teenage musky yeah. fish, whatever yeah. you want to call them. I would much rather go to a lake that's full of those and catch like Wisconsin. Let's go to Wisconsin, yeah, and catch you know six or eight in a day. It's fun than to check all day for a fifty-two incher. Yeah, I but just I, I like the. It's like every cast has that anticipation. Like this could be the one, mm -hmm. you know. Like this could be, and then it's a four-pound bass. Yeah, right. They'll. they'll it's amazing what off. those things will eat, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gut it and let it go. God, I hear it. that all the time too. <laughs> I've heard that on. I've heard that from. I've heard that from certain oh, yeah. guides on Malax. So I yeah. catch a muskie, I cut its belly and let it go. Yes. First of all, I think they're full of shit. Second of all, if you're really doing that and I catch you doing that, I'm definitely making a phone call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just it's a un bad idea. Uneducated people doing that stuff. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it is insanely ridiculous. Like I was again going back to that same argument of beating a dead horse, but we had the same argument. I kind of worded it slightly different because I'll put it in their camp if it's that walleye guy arguing with me about muskies. I'm like, you name me the five best walleye lakes in this state, mm -hmm. and there's only one that doesn't fall in this category if they were to choose it. But usually they'll say, Malax, Vermilion. Lake of the Woods, Rainy, uh, what will be the next one? Um, Winnie. Like Winnie or Leech. Yeah. So you could go sure. six, right? Right. Every single one of them, trophy muskies. Yep. So what? where's your argument? The only one I would throw in there that's not that would be like Otter Tail. There's no muskies in there. There's a few in there. There's a few muskies in there? There's a rogue. You'd never go fishing. I've never one. seen one, but they never come to the Otter Tail River. I could see that. Um, it's been the, the lake we talked about earlier, one of my favorite lakes in the state, Pelican Lake in Orr, Minnesota. On the DNR website, they list muskies. Mm -hmm. And I've been fishing up there my entire life. I've never even seen one. I've never heard of somebody catching one. I've never right. had one follow a bait up to the boat. Not saying they're not in there. It's probably just but I don't think they're in there. population. It, you know. Well, to get kind of the science behind it, muskies spawn later than pike do, yep. but they spawn in the exact same habitat, Right. so they hatch out a week or two later than the pike hatch yum, out. Yum. They grow so fast, the pike do, that by the time the musky fry hatch out, they are perfect snack size yeah. for these exactly. fry pike. So it's, if you have a lake like Pelican that is absolutely shit stacked with northern pike, good luck getting a musky population started. Yeah. Good right. luck. Right. You could drop 
5,000 adults in there, and you'd have 5,000 adults to fish for a while until they die. Yeah. <laughs> and, then exactly. and then, like I said, you might have a rogue, one that somehow <laughs> yeah. was a loner yeah. and never left cover long enough to get big enough that a pike couldn't eat it, and then, you know, maybe he gets, you know, exactly. maybe that one lives <laughs> beyond. But it, it's really difficult. There are some lakes, I think, in Wisconsin that don't have, that have musky but don't have pike. There's quite a few of those in Canada, too. And I've heard where, and I haven't experienced this myself, but I've heard where that takes place, they kind of fill that pike niche. And you, if mm -hmm. you go to um, fish it, you, you run into a large population of hammer handle muskies. Right. Which would be weird. Very weird. <laughs> We're like, what? I just caught 20 muskies today. I'm like, huh? Well, yeah, but none of they're all like three pounds. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh, well, whatever. I've heard the Big Fork River has a bunch of muskies, it does. and I have not yet fished it. It's, it's a good canoe trip. That's been on my list since I was, like, 16, and I've never done it. Yeah, it's nice. I bet it'd be fun. Yeah. A lot of rapids, though. Yep. It's, uh, it's yeah, there's certain sections that are much easier to fish and whatnot. Than float. Yeah. Just haven't taken the time to really uh, plot out a put-in, take-out spot and just do it, but I really should do it. It's definitely a bucket list yeah. trip for me. I'd yeah. Really that would be a lot of fun. Zero pressure. Good bass, too. Smallmouth mm -hmm. bass in here. So if it, you like bass and muskies, that'd be a good one yeah. to put on the go list. Go hand in hand. That would be fun. They would all go hand in hand. You talk yep. to the people like that fish. Well, I suppose it's probably any lake, but I know Vermilion. You chuck in those 14-inch jakes or big giant, you know, whether it's a awakener or whatever, big giant prop bait, and they catch big smallies on oh, it yeah. all the time. Yeah. Like See, I might. Those things just. They're not afraid of anything. No, when I when I see that situation, I I typically downsize my musky baits on purpose, just so I can catch more <laughs> catch bass. more bass. And so, especially if you're guiding, um, I mean, because yeah. generally action is better than no action, even yeah. if it's not the yeah, target species. I think, and you know, frankly, especially on pressured musky waters, you know, they'll take a smaller bait before they'll take a bigger one. I'm I'm not I'm a hard sell as far as I mean, yeah, bigger bait, bigger fish, blah blah blah. Don't get me wrong, especially muskies and big pike and big you know all that anything. stuff. Anything. But I've caught a lot of really nice muskies on sure. substandard size yeah. musky, quote unquote musky baits. Mm -hmm. You know, really. <coughs> and but in I, the meantime, you're catching other stuff too. But I did fall into that's true. But as as a kid, like growing up, I fell into. Uh, I was. I shouldn't fell. I shouldn't say fell into. Like I, always thought that big baits were too big. Like I wanted to catch bigger fish, and all I'd see this big bait, and I'd be like. I'm not going to catch these smaller fish, mm -hmm. you know, and at that time I wanted action. It wasn't so much. Yeah, I wanted to catch a big fish, but then I didn't want to go out and not catch the 14-inch bass either. I still wanted, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, well, if I use this, I'm not going to catch those smaller bass. It wasn't until actually I kind of got into musky fishing, started chucking huge baits, found out I'm still catching small fish <laughs> on the big yeah. baits. Then I'm like, okay, I'm really not hindering myself by going a little larger. Those little fish, I mean, I've caught largemouth bass on those giant like northern musky spoons that are literally the same length as the spoon. Right. Why they hit it, I don't know, but they do. And it is like, wow, yeah. really, dude? Yeah. Like, what were you going to do with this if you caught it? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know what. Maybe it was a territorial strike or just a reaction strike. Could, yeah, very well could be, but, yeah, you're, you're but right. You're, I mean, go big, go big or go home. Although, with that said, I was just in Thorn Brothers the other day. Wow, there are some big musky baits. Like even by musky bait standards, like 
I couldn't believe the size of some of them. I'm like, okay, you're not throwing that. That you're tr- you definitely are trolling. Most that. of them are and trolling. You're not hanging onto that rod either. That rod is in a rod holder because you're basically hitting the gym for eight hours if you're chucking that thing. Yeah, I think Holy most of them are smokes. being trolled. Things got to weigh two pounds. Some but, of those baits are huge. You know, and then you got to have the, the equipment to manage the bait too. So then you're everything is bigger and just you know that there's no, not there's ever any finesse in a musky fishing, but it does kind of suck. When you hook into the 50-something incher, and you crank it in in, like, two minutes. Yeah, the fight's but not, generally it's not. There's no fight left. Long. No. That's it's healthier kinda, for the fish. That's kind of disappointing. I don't give it a is. crap about <laughs> fish, okay? I'm a human. I run this planet, not the damn fish, okay? Hurt my feelings. I'll kick your fish in the face. Uh, Be I'll quiet. I'll kick your fish in the face. Back in the old club days. Remember the old, like, uh, oh, I had, we had one. the videos? Oh, you used to sell them. Maybe in the bait shop, the fish club. But you, if you still go back and you, you drag out those old VHS tapes, like even the in-fisherman the in ones that, you know, Jim and Al Linder back in the day, they catch that big northern and big muskie and beat the living shit out of it well, right there on keep, camera. If you know whack, you're, you you're going to keep it. They kept everything back then. then like everything. I would highly recommend it. Those, yeah, well, those, <laughs> those, uh, those, uh, Seriously. look at all the old pictures, even with the resorts. And you got like the bragging board there, you know, where they hang them on the hook or whatever. And there's a full, like, four man limit of five pound walleyes and up. Right. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, exactly. People today would shit their pants if you kept oh, yeah. that many big fish. Oh, they do when they see they my They would call for your job. I mean, they would call for your hat on a pike. It'd be public hangings and floggings. Like, it would be a bad deal. You would be chastised all over Facebook for sure. Oh my God, people would—they would, <laughs> wouldn't even know what to do with it. I bet if you showed them those pictures now, they'd still freak out. Oh yeah, probably. But obviously, there's still you know fish. Like there's still those, fish swimming in the lake. So you know what I like about those it. old pictures? You got the you got the 1955 uh, Buick, <laughs> and you got uh, two guys and two ladies, and they're holding up a. St- uh, a stick, two by four, right? Sure. Say it's a long, yeah. eight feet long, yep. and there's, like you said, giant bass or a bunch of fourteen pound to it. Uh, northerns, th- whatever, yeah. right? Had a giants. hell of a day fishing, right? The guys are wearing the wool suits, <laughs> hats, yeah, no logos. The ladies are wearing heels, nice <laughs> sure. looking dresses. Like yeah. they just they, they got out of church and went fishing, and that was it. I mean, you talking about like way old, like the fifties old. Where the like guys are wearing 50s. fedoras, like yeah. basically gangsters. Yeah. Yeah, those yeah, are yeah. good old days. We yeah. should bring that back. Machine gun in no one hand. <laughs> no. <laughs> Tommy bring gun, that I mean. Back. That was actually, um, admit, I might be just repeating some shit I heard, but I think this is legit. Um, a lot of the resort business in northern Minnesota was tied to mob, the Chicago mob guys. Oh, sure. Rainy uh, Lake is a huge yeah. mafia hangout. Yeah, there's so a lot Pelican of, there's was a lot too. of places on Rainy Lake that they used to, ch- to funnel and hide. Yeah, they kind of had, uh, as far as I understand, uh, they had like a uh, an arrangement or an understanding with like the local sheriffs where they just turned a blind eye to it. Yeah, they just that was kind of where they went. That's where they went to vacation where they knew they weren't yep. going to get fucked with. Right. Yeah. So all right, mm-hmm. I'm not touched talking on my ass. That is yeah. actual Minnesota history. It's pretty cool. So yeah. I always wondered. I remember like everybody that stayed at. At Northland Lodge there in Pelican Lake was from Indiana or Illinois. Mm-hmm. Like, the hell are they driving? Like still they're, are. They're going through <laughs> Michigan. <laughs> they still are. I mean, through half Wisconsin, your, passing half your rainy lake. how many lakes to get here? I mean, half your rainy lake people are from Illinois. So Chicago. it makes sense. 
it, or it, Indiana. You know, once you bring up the, the gangster connection, you're like, all right, all well, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's like, how did that get? How did this get to be a destination? I mean, they have to travel so far. They're literally passing thousands of lakes. Yep. To get here. Well, it's northern Minnesota. Yeah. You know, it is gorgeous. There's yep. nothing to be. It's, you know, it's you God's country. You can't take that away from it. It's it is awesome, and I would put. I don't know. I I hesitate between telling people about this lake and not telling people about this lake. But I'm by saying so, I've already told you about this lake. But if you're a bass fisherman or like any fisherman at Pelican Lake is just it's one of the best in the state and it gets overlooked people drive right past it if you're already yep. going that far north you're going to Rainy or Cab Crane you're just you're going right past it exactly which maybe that's why it's so good probably, probably don't want part people of, there part of it but it's uh I don't know and I that's love one it. of the reasons it's one why. of the most picturesque lakes too I mean it looks just like those boundary waters when you get in there mm -hmm. it's those rock outcropped islands and right. pine trees and birch trees it's absolutely gorgeous I love it. One of my, yeah, that's drop my happy blindfolded, place. you wouldn't know what lake you're on. Yeah, I would. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. You I'll are never now forget. on Rainy Lake. Yay, I am. Yeah. No, you're not. No, Sorry. You're not. I'd be like, mm, nope, that's uh, that's Bailey's. Uh, no, I remember watching. And in Fisherman's pretty good at this when they would do their filming to not, like, to keep landmarks, from the you know, in the backdrop right. when they're filming. And they generally never say where they're filming. But I remember they would always say, we're bass fishing in a northern Minnesota lake, they would always say. And there were so many times I'm like, God, that looks like Pelican. But they kept it pretty. But he caught this one, and it was just a giant. And, you know, he was going on about how uh, this was Al. Al Leonard was going on about how this is probably, you know, like the biggest fish in the lake, blah, blah, blah. blah. It, was, it was a toad. It was a big one. And it was a windy day. And as he's sitting there holding and he's talking, the boat drifts off. And it, like, opens up to the rest of the lake. And in that, where they were fishing is, like, as you're coming out of Orr Bay, you come around Indian Point, and that just the whole lake opens up right there, and you can see the whole lake. Because from the road, all you see is Orr Bay. It just looks like a shallow, weedy pond, which right. kind of nobody would even think anything of it. But um, that point, it's a well-known spot. It's not a secret spot for bass. I'm not giving anything away. But um, as soon as it drifted, and that lake opened up. I have seen that image countless times in my lifetime, and I knew right where they were at. And I was just like, they're on Pelican. <laughs> I think I called my brother. I'm like, I was watching fishermen. They're on Pelican Lake. I knew it. I knew they are fishing <laughs> that lake. Get off my spot, Al. Because he's been fishing it since I was a baby, so it's not really my spot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's pretty. It's a oh, it's fantastic lake. I love it. It's gorgeous, so don't go there. Dang it. <laughs> you gotta make a phone call really yeah. quick. <clears throat> Whatever you do, don't go there. All right, we got this. This recording, let's delete this. Let's, let's start over again. <laughs> I don't want people to know about that. Disregard everything I just said about Pelican Lake. It's terrible. It's full of bullheads. It's just gross. Rock bass and bullheads. Bullheads and carp and the, you know, cormorants. It's rock right. bass. Rock. Ooh, there are a lot of rock bass. You know, I met mm. somebody this week, or not this week, this summer we were up there. These guys, I can be friends with these guys. Not only did they keep rock bass. Mm -hmm. Which I do. I think per inch you get more meat off a rock bass than you do a, a bluegill or a crappie. They got those shoulders. Definitely. They got those shoulders on them. True. They can get a little wormy, if that's off-putting to some people. But I bred them, fry them, don't even think about it. But anyways, so these guys were not only did they keep them when they caught them accidentally fishing for walleyes. One day the week they were there, they went targeted rock bass. Came back with a basket full of them and. I high-fived each and every one of them. 
<laughs> you are if my you people. If you rock bass, I have a deal for you. Yeah, I love rock bass. They're great. <clears throat> and they're generally pretty good size because nobody keeps them. Right. Oh, I've, no, I've, caught trash the state, I've caught the state record multiple times. Hmm. Let's go do it. I'll slap my name on that. I don't know if I want my name on that. I would. I'd, I'd gladly put it. You know, I think I, I'm almost positive I caught the state record dogfish without knowing it. Oh, what is the state record dogfish? I think fish? it's 12 now. Oh, I bet we caught it last year, last summer. I bet it gets broken all the time. People don't know huge. what they have. So it we was were, 34 inches long. We were on West Loss. In Otterville County. That's right by East Lost. It is. I, I know which direction, too. <laughs> Did you stay at West Lost Resort? No. We were camping, I think. Oh. We might have, or we were fishing for the day. I don't I don't recall. But we have been catching pike all day long. Mm -hmm. Hammer handle hell. Yeah. Just a ton of them. Triple and all H. of a sudden, I, I hook. I think I was using the Bill Dan, uh, Dance and Eel. Because mm. I was a sucker for anything that was on TV when I was mm -hmm. a kid. They actually look pretty sexy. I mean, the way they – I'm surprised – more people don't use them. But anyways, that's what I was catching all my pike on. They're tearing that tail up just left sure. and right. Uh, also, I hooked this fish, and it's this was not a hammer handle. This was, And I could see it. The water clarity was good enough where I'm looking down. I don't remember how deep we were, but I just saw this big thing down there snaking around. I could see how big it was. I'm like, oh, this is a big northern. I'd right. never caught a big northern yet. So I was pumped up. Like, mm -hmm. this is my trophy. I'm, fishing. I'm like, so jacked up. You think they're a replica or are you going to kill it? <laughs> At that point in time, I don't think there were replicas. Right. They'd have to carve that thing out of wood, paint it with paintbrush. Um, it finally got it up. It, it was coming up, and then it dove back down. When it dove back down, that rounded off tail, <laughs> I saw it, and I was like, just uh. slumped my shoulders. Like, oh, it's a dogfish. And my, my dad was still excited. Because he didn't see it. He's like, oh, he was like, couldn't, he had the net, and he was all ready for it. And I was like, oh, he's like, what? I'm like, it's a dogfish. What is it? I'm like, it's a dogfish. Which I don't know why. Like, it was a great fight. You didn't kiss that They fight goodbye. great. That hook's destroyed. Oh, God, this thing's, yeah. Don't don't try to crack their skull. You'll break your knuckles. Oh. See, that would, be a, that would be a good fish to club. Yes. Because well, they will thrash you your better have around. a big club. Yeah, they'll but thrash We finally you. got it up. And I'm looking at this thing as absolutely gigantic, and we're like, oh, you know, we dump it back in. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until on the way home, and we all we all guessed it to be like over 10, you know, 12 pounds, 11 pounds, whatever it was. Everybody guessed it over 10 pounds. We didn't put it on a scale. I don't even know if my dad had one. If he did, it was the old, probably rusty Delire that sure. an eight pound would have worried for because the springs are all rusty. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't have mattered. Um, but on the way back, and I was like, oh, I wonder, I wonder what the record is. And this was pre-Google, obviously. This is, you know, no mobile phones, yeah. Much less Google. So, but they used to print the records, yeah. in the back I of the regulations. Do. do they? Yeah, I think they do. So I went and I grabbed the regulation book out of the tackle box and I started looking. And at that time, it was, uh, I think, right at ten pounds or just under ten pounds. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Even if on a conservative basis, if we were off by a pound, probably still was like maybe it wasn't. Maybe you know had the yeah, maybe there was some ground shrinkage, you right. know, like if to on antlers with deer. But it was it was a big fish. It would have been right there, and that's one of those fish that a lot of people don't even know what it is. Right, you right. have no idea what the record would be. How many times does that fish get caught and just released without anybody well, probably even quite a thinking few. of it? Yep, you know, red horse suckers too. You know, same all that kind of non-popular fish. Right. That record probably gets broken all the time. <laughs> I should just make it my point. I catch go a nice red horse. I'm like, hey, 
There's musky bait right there. Oh, yeah. How come <laughs> bait? You know, I just thought of this the other day when there was a, a sucker minnow shortage. It seems like bait, fishes, bait, or bait, fish, bait shops have them again. I don't know where they got them from miraculously, but now they all have suckers again. But they all gave me the, the weekend they were out. I got the speech from all of them like, well, you're not going to get any more the rest of the season. Right. Can't import them into the state. And the ones we have are, you know, from hatchery fish, blah, 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 blah. But that got me thinking, how come we don't have – how come we can't get – juvenile red horse bait well you can if you know the right guy well because the <laughs> their color that copper color they have and their orange fins I think that'd be way better than a white sucker oh, all day long they look tougher too they are well i need wait, i need to know the guy <laughs> and they also if you fish every fish for them in the spring like i used to do that that used to be like a tradition for me every spring shortly after ice out when the, mm -hmm. the suckers are doing their spawning run Man, just a worm on the bottom, that's just fun. That's just like finally got the short ice rods out and you get the break out. Walleye season's not open yet. Right. Dude, that's fun. That's a lot of fun. And you catch a ton of red horse. And as soon as you catch one, they just start spooging eggs and, and semen everywhere. I mean, it's just it's like a party weekend in Las Vegas, man. It's crazy. I, I wouldn't know. I've never been to Vegas, but it seemed like a good – it seemed like the right analogy. Yeah, it's good bass fishing time. like mead. <laughs> but, no, I was like, I think you could probably milk those, like, super easily. If you had the equipment, you if you're a so. bait person, like you have, you know, you're yeah. a permanent bait uh, dealer, spend some time Giant in the spring tanks. and just start milking those things and grow your own bait. You would have – you could have thousands of them. They need to figure that with shiner minnows. Yeah, for sure. With. Yeah. Well, the same thing. They were out of shiners at that same weekend. Again, now all of a sudden they, ha they had both of them two right. weekends later. Like, where'd you miraculously get these? It has to be somebody's pond. They had to just net out a big Probably. Because what they had, there was a bunch of other stuff, too, and mud minnows and rainbows mm -hmm. and stuff. I personally, I like mud minnows. I don't They're mind. tough. I like the rainbows. I like or rainbows, too. But the mud minnows are tough. Actually, my, yep. I caught a 42-inch northern on a mud minnow. I believe it. On the lax. <laughs> on a tip down. It was great. I went uh, Facebook Live with it. It was awesome. <laughs> I'm getting a replica. How about that? Are you? Sweet. Well, I let it go. I wasn't even thinking. I it didn't even. I knew it was my personal best, and a 42 or a 40, was it 42 or 43. I don't remember anymore. Um, that's a good fish, mm -hmm. and that's oh yeah, by far the biggest northern I've caught. And then, like, you know, I looked at it. I was like, man, this thing is big. So let it go. I'm like, ah, oh, that was fun. And, and it wasn't until days later, you know, people were asking me like, oh, did you keep it? I'm like, no, oh, I didn't keep it. I don't want. To whatever and they're like was it your personal best I'm like, well, yeah it's my personal best and then mm -hmm. just it kind of just kept gnawing at the back of my brain like you've prepped that's that should probably be on the wall like that was <laughs> and also i went back yeah. and i like looked at the footage and looked at the pictures and it had really cool markings yeah like towards the back of it almost looked chain pickerelish. Mm -hmm. like its spots were long and kind of edgy like it had a, it was pretty cool. interesting i'm like Nah, that one should be on the wall. So yeah. then I started researching. <laughs> I started researching a replica uh, businesses, and, the, and I found a guy that I liked. The price was right. So cool. We'll see. It's that'd be fun. Hopefully, it's in the process. I can't wait to get it back. Come back looking like a black tip shark. <laughs> what the hell is this thing? I wouldn't be mad at it. Black tips are fun to catch. <laughs> you ever catch a shark? Yeah, they're fun. I yeah. love it. We go down to uh, my brother lives in South Carolina, mm. so fortunately he has got a boat. So we go down to Hilton Head. And oh, we fish yeah. for uh, yep. bull reds in the fall. Sure. And if you get there early enough and the sharks are still there, that's a lot of fun too. And I've been trying to trying to engineer some sort of like Minneapolis trip from here to there, you know, kind of corporate guided gig. But first I got to get my captain's license, so mm -hmm. which 
I don't know why they won't return my correspondence, but I need to get signed up for that stupid class. What are you trying to call? Ohio? No, no, there was a place in, uh, uh, there's only like two places in this state. There's one guy in Duluth, yeah, and then there is another guy, I think, out of. Um, Superior Training is where I got mine. But this is in Wisconsin. Yeah, he, he comes to Minnesota, though. He'll go yeah. to like a resort and do a weekend gig and. I've sent emails to um, both, and they haven't responded. Well, he's probably in the Keys. He's in the winter. He's sales. Oh, really? Oh, he sales. Oh, the Duluth guy is a sailor, The superior right? training yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, the Duluth yeah. guy. You call him the Duluth guy. I call him the Duluth guy. Yeah. That's right, he's buddy. He's probably on Captain his boat. Captain Donnie, that's who he went, he went through him, too, as well. Yeah, he's probably on his boat. Give it another week or two. Right try on. again. Yeah. Oh, well, I need to I need to do that sooner than later. Just uh, It's good to have. I think. Anyways. Unless, I don't think he's retired yet, but he's got to be getting close. He's getting old. Yeah. I'm hoping I get one more renewal out of him. <laughs> How do you, look, we can stir the pot a little bit with that. Because um, right now, you don't have to have that to be a guide in the state. Any Tom, Dick, or Harry can no, be a guide in the state. No, that's unfortunate. But you have to have it for certain waters. Any Coast Guard navigable water. Now. Which, why is Mille Lacs in there? Because it's connected to the Mississippi watershed. Yeah, good so luck. it was a winning. Yeah, but good luck so getting a multiple passenger boat. Doesn't matter. Mille Lacs to sink her. That has nothing to do with it. Um, but they all. That's are. why they. You don't that's have to have why they. Leecher. That's why they rose a stink. You know, like six about six seven years ago, uh, in the fall, I was getting three calls a day for smallmouth bass fishing on the Saint Croix. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Oh, because you had the captain's license. Yeah, yeah. Um, and here I find out that the Coast Guard uh, was going to crack down on this. Mm-hmm. Coast Guard licensing stuff, and of course, the first place they shut every guy down, including the Grizz, was on St. Croix. St. Croix. Yep. And that whole thing. And Malax. Yeah. <laughs> Which and is where he guided was the St. Croix and Malax. Well, and Winnie, same and thing. Mississippi. All of them. Is it Winnie and Leach, too? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was just uh, I think even the Border Cass. Waters no, and, oh no. and Malax. That's a lot of big tours oh, okay. he takes. And that's why oh, he started crying because he can't read. <laughs> and there was rumor, well, read. it's a test. You got to read a lot. Yeah, you know, sure. He's he claimed he was illiterate. I don't know if it's true mm. or not. Hmm. Maybe he had a background that didn't qualify either. Just rumor. I don't know. I Long story short, there's a huge to do. You know, a couple other anglers went down to the, you know, to uh, the capital. Hey, we got to get this tabled. We're shutting down our sure. guide business. Right. I've been doing this 30 years. Why do I got to spend two thousand dollars now? You know. And I, I made the uh, comment one time to some of these people, like, you know what? If you want to fly a plane, you need a pilot's you license. license pilot, yeah. If you want to drive a taxi or a limousine, you need yeah. a, limo, a chauffeur's license. Right. If you want to be a fishing guide on a Coast Guard Navigable Lake and actually follow the Homeland Security rules, which is what it is, right? get your goddamn yeah. Coast Guard no, license. No, I think it's a good idea. Uh, and, and if you don't one, want to shuttle at $1,400, then you're not serious about your job. Yeah, and you want people to know how to handle a boat. I mean, well, on, on that side those, of the those coin, waters can get pretty sketchy. I'm not, I'm not a government-controlled th- freak or anything like that. But I am, I, have, I'd be the first one to sign up for a petition that would say, if you want to be a fishing guide in Minnesota, you need certain qualifications, sure, background check, proper insurance, first aid, stuff that nobody has, stuff that makes sense. Yep, safety training, which is uh, the best part about the. Getting your Coast Guard license, other than having it and being able to not worry about where you're fishing, when, where, and why, and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Um, and by the way, it's like you mentioned in Carolina, it's good for 25 miles off the coast. Right. You know, you're good for salt water in the yep. Keys, blah, blah, yep. blah. Just don't let it expire. Um, you got to retake tests if it expires? 
You start from scratch. Oh, that's why you don't want to miss your renewal. Sure. They, what do you got to do for to renew it? Every five years, go back and basically it's a weekend, a refresher course, and another test. Oh, so you do have to take a test again. Okay. Yep. Doesn't cost as much the second time. Mm. Okay. You know. Yeah, we covered this a little bit with uh, the episode with Captain Donnie, so I don't want to beat it beat it too much, but I think there's some confusion around it. But I think and there should at least be a register in Minnesota. Like, here's our list of f- f- licensed fishing guides. They've all paid their two hundred dollar yearly fee. You know, sure. Wisconsin's got it. I think North Dakota has it. It's a nominal. It's a minimal fee, but they at least have a record of you as being a human being sure. in charge of a boat with people's lives on the boat. It depends on where that money goes, I yeah. guess. You know, make sure. I mean, I wouldn't want to see it in the general fund. As far as it's, ju- no, if no, it's it just covering towards, administration it costs, to towards the DNR. Or, well, you I know, mean, if it's covering administrative costs to have that, yeah. you know, That's okay, we made this a thing, so it, that takes money. We got to pay mm-hmm. state employees to file this stuff and process right. it. So if it's covering that. I wouldn't have any problem with it. If it was covering that and a little more to stock lakes, I wouldn't have a problem with yeah. that either. You're not going to generate that much money As long money as it goes back with. into the, the resource, I wouldn't. Yeah. I would have. But I wouldn't want to see it fall into the general fund. There's, there's too many things that are supposed to be earmarked for the outdoors. Yeah. Like getting into the general fund. Right. And once they're into the general fund, it's gone. Right. Forget no, it. I, that's I that's, totally that's, that's, that's going to build some stupid statue in downtown Minneapolis. Totally. I totally agree. Uh, you know. But I think there should be some kind of there, there should be some kind of uh, mo- mild monitoring of the situation because there's uh, trust me there's a lot of fishing guides I've met I wouldn't send my dog with oh we had never I'm not going to retell I mean, the story but I, I've already that, but we we had a bad some, experience some one innocent family a good guide from in South Iowa. Carolina <laughs> and then one day in a bad guide in South Carolina and the guy was in a you know raggedy ass redneck in a John boat and he was terrible we didn't go anywhere we hardly caught anything like he didn't mm. try to he didn't change anything he's like wow we're biting. Right. You know, whatever. Like, right. Pay well, that guy there, the there same should amount. be some standards, you know, and that would be part of it too. Um, but the big, you know, the biggest thing for me is a lot of the people don't have any safety equipment on board. They don't even have a. They don't have the proper insurance. You know, your right. your, your average yeah. boat owner policy doesn't cover any commercial no liability. Yeah. So you and your family go out. He hits a rock. Yeah. Fall overboard. Sure. You break your arm, your leg. Maybe you're in a coma. You're screwed. Oof. What are you gonna do? Right. His insurance doesn't cover it. Right. And what are you gonna do? Go grab his house? Right. No. Right. I mean, it, it can go on and on and yeah. on about that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's important to have. There. I don't. I don't. Not disagree that there probably should. I be mean, some even the ice fishing regulation on you it. You know, you gotta have the same insurance as ice well, fishing. You drop your truck through the lake. Well, I put people in a fish house and there's a carbon monoxide problem. Guess what? I'm on the hook. I almost did that to myself once. So I was out on uh, Buffalo, I think. Super, it was like 20 below zero. Tatanka? Tatanka. That sounds better. It does. Lake Tatanka. But but there is a Tatanka lake and there is a <laughs> Buffalo lake and you're going to confuse people. So is Mini Tonka uh, a small buffalo? Should be. I think so. Google No, that it's not Mini Tatanka. <laughs> it's just Mini Tonka. So? It's a small truck. Well, that's true. I think. It's a small truck lake. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> toy truck and it was super cold no wind one of those one of those nights and I was fishing in a portable so I had the heater cranked I had her buttoned up tight mm-hmm. you know bad idea <laughs> got a little crazy fishing was super slow started getting sleepy oh and I was like I was I was the plan I got out there like late afternoon the plan was set up for like a night bite or whatever 
I'm like, well, it's probably going to be an hour or two before the bite gets good. I should just just take a nap. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, nah, fishing's shitty. It's probably going to be shitty. I screw it. I'm just going to go home. Packed everything up. Started pulling my house back to shore. And I was walking. I didn't have an ATV or anything. Nobody was driving on lakes yet. And I'm dragging it off. And halfway back, I just get a pounding headache. Mm. And I never get headaches. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was like, what is going on? And it wasn't shortly after I got to the car and I'm dealing with this headache where the light light bulb went off. And I was like, oh, thank God I didn't take that nap. Yep. I might have woke up dead. Yeah. You would have woke <laughs> up dead. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah, that's, that, be that's what that was. Yeah, you want to make sure for yeah. anybody out there listening, if you're new to the ice fishing game, that monoxide's a literal, yeah. literally a killer. Make sure you're right. venting that house. Yeah. Well, most houses aren't that hard. Well, the new ones are, but um, or you can get a buddy heater that has an automatic. Yeah, they should have a, should at least have an automatic shut off. But so, I had a sunflower, and they don't. Those no. don't have it. No, they just. And, and obviously, it was burning dirty, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, you have to have a carbon monoxide detector in every fish house, I think. Yeah, you know, even the day houses, in the soup yeah. and the nano, uh, you know, my day house. Do they make like too. a hanging one to put up in portables? They That'd should. Be a pretty good idea. There's paint another million paint. dollar idea for somebody. Yeah, you paint it blue, put clam on the side, and charge fifty bucks for it. Boom. Perfect. <laughs> Erase that part. Damn it. <laughs> Just gave it away. Just giving ideas away left and right. Well, even when I... Actually, I think our first idea didn't make air because we weren't we were actually, fake recording. Actually, ha- I have one with me um, typically in the car, even in the summertime. So if I'm staying somewhere or in the fall, uh, may I stay at a motel and we're hunting somewhere. I mean, I, throw, I bring it in the room with me. Sure. You know, some of these places just have a wall furnace. Right, Some of yeah. them have a furnace somewhere yeah. in the building. You don't know what the hell it Who looks knows? like. Yeah. I mean, really... Never know what you're so, getting into. No, so I always have one with me. Right. You know, you did. You said you did some hunting in the fall. What do you hunt? That's your time off. You don't guide, but you just hunt. No, you deer hunt or bird hunt. Deer hunt, pheasant hunt, duck hunt. Oh, a little bit of everything. The basics, whatever. Grouse hunt, whatever floats your fancy that yep. that day. I prefer the. I prefer. Uh, I love ducks. I love duck hunting. Okay, I do but too. I've, I've definitely weaseled my way toward pheasants more in the last ten years, just because of the duck hunting around here sucks. You know, comparatively. Mm. If you're comparing it to Canada or North Dakota, yeah. Well, well it's, anyway, it's not. I mean, it's, <laughs> uh, there could be uh, that could be a whole separate subject. Yeah. But the, the your yeah. quality of of waterfalling comes down, in my opinion, comes down to scouting. Uh, the people yeah. that I hear bitch day day in and day out every season that it's just not like it used to be. This they go to the same yeah. slough well, yeah, every time, <laughs> blind, and they're like. Zero scouting. They're like, well, we've always mm-hmm. shot them here before. Okay, well, things change. Right. I don't know. I, Things change. It's nature. Yep. I mean, what do you want? I, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe they're still up north because the weather. Maybe it's not a warm spring or right. a warm fall, and they just haven't moved down yet. Like that, yeah, we typically do. Got to put in some windshield time and oh, yeah. check it out. I mean, I kind of use my pheasant hunting as my scouting. That's a good call. <laughs> You'll find some good potholes that way. Hell yeah. You got a dog. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Pheasant. I I learned early on when I was. Uh, Young, uh, full of piss and vinegar. That uh, grouse hunting and pheasant hunting without a dog is called taking your gun for a walk. Yep. Darn right. I shot a is. couple. You might shoot of one, each. but you'll never find it. Yeah. But it's uh, so you drop it on a dirt tough. road. Real yeah. tough. Yeah, I hate to say it. You're right. Yeah. Uh, on the on the it's a long unless you're ground it's a nature walk. Yeah, you're ground pounding grouse. You know, which yeah. most people do anyways. Yeah, on a but, trail with your, you know, yeah. it's fluttering around, and yeah, you, you can pull that off for first uh, well, a couple weeks. They usually give themselves away. 
Yeah. They get that little peep, peep, peep right. out of that clock, and you're like, where are you? If you can find them before they spot yeah. you and they Correct. they blow cover, you can you can roll them, ground roll yeah, them. Yeah, I guess if you had to pick one to hunt without a dog, you'd pick the grouse. I would pick grouse for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Pheasants yep. will just sit tight. Well, grouse will too, but they don't give themselves away with the clucking no. like the grouse do. No. They just no, literally yes. just sit tight and walk <laughs> right past them. Uh, it's amazing. They'll do it with the dogs it's sometimes, amazing. especially if they're game farm birds. <laughs> you yeah. have to kick them to get them to fly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good troll early on when, like, people would post pictures uh, on social media. You know, what kind of social media is brand new. When somebody go to a game farm and they'd post the pictures of the birds that they shot and there'd be hens mixed in there. You want people's heads to explode? Holy <laughs> God. Like, there's a guy that trimmed off a few years of his lifespan from Pheasants Forever. I guarantee it. The first time he saw that picture. Right. Oh, this must have <laughs> lost his shit. Like, <laughs> I mean, it caught me off. I didn't get like, I was like, are those hens in there? And, like, and then I read the post. I still like, can't go to a X or whatever game hens. farm. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. All right. I don't I don't know. I got to take my, my new dog to Pheasant Ranch just a couple of times. But I, I don't. It's a good way to sharpen them up, though. I, I mean, uh, they have a purpose. I mean, I don't. Yeah, it's a turning yeah. ground for that. That's how I look at it. And they don't always get them all, so you're, it's kind of like stalking pheasants. No, if you it's will. fine. And they got to you know, teach them to differentiate all the scents, the different, the fresh, mm -hmm. the old, the other dogs, all the people. I mean, you know, it's a shit show for a dog at a pheasant oh, ranch. Actually, you yeah, imagine that poor bastard trails knows? everywhere. Jesus yeah. Christ! But they also different. Like. They get some. Um, <laughs> get them on a fresh scent. They get to determine what's a fresh mm -hmm. scent, what's a stale scent too. So that, right. that's important. I train my yellow even in the wild. My yellow lab years ago, how to differentiate. Apparently, a hen, a hen smells differently than a rooster. I believe it. All right. I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure that's pretty true. Sure female, I trained I'm pretty sure female humans smell a lot better. The, I don't know. the male nose. That's a, than a question. Dude. I don't well, know about that. Well, let's not get too specific on well, that. Well, anyway, I, cause I had, that dog was trained to only flush roosters. Once it, it crossed that bridge, really? it never flushed a hen. Wow. Yes. That's a which good I, will, I believe it. I which totally I will admit it. at times it got a little boring because guess what? You're not flushing birds. At least a hen, you know, gives you a little You're excitement like, uh, once in a while. Yeah, uh, but uh, the dog would not. It would never, it, there was a point where it never flushed a hen again. I almost by itself. I mean, if it's a hit by the rooster, you know what I mean. Then they got together. Yeah, I almost got to shoot uh, some <coughs> uh, some pheasants when I was duck hunting. I went into we dropped the dropped the bird, kind of went behind us, and there's this little tiny finger of land that came out into the swamp, and I'm walking over there to retrieve the other bird and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Three, I was like, oh, and I instantly just shouldered, you know, it was just like out of a habit. It was like, hen, hen. Then the third one, hen. Oh, man, that would have been cool. <laughs> Retrieve a duck and come back. I mean, it, yeah. had they been roosters, <laughs> that would have been an easy bonus. Easy, easy double right there. Boom, okay. boom. Easy. They were like super close. Well, I probably would have messed it up somehow, but come back. Go retrieve no a duck, duck come back no with pheasants? yeah, come back with two pheasants <laughs> and a duck. How about that? <laughs> it's a pretty good deal. Doesn't happen very often. Hell no. A little something. There's a spot I hunt. It's a long ass hike uh, back into the state forest. I love it because nobody else goes back there. Because you'd have to be an idiot like me. It's it's a lot of work <laughs> for a little payoff. But when you're back there, there isn't a better place in the state. If you'd swear somebody dropped it without, I mean, there's no. You expect to see mountains like in the on the horizon because mm -hmm. it just has that like. Can, like that Canadian or that Alaskan kind of bog look to it. And it's just gorgeous. You're not, apparently it's not in a flight path. Like you don't hear cars, you don't hear planes, you don't hear anything but the noise you're making and nature. It's Sweet. awesome. It's a two-mile hike as the crow flies. Yeah. In water, out of water, in water, out of water. The good part about that is 
I'd say half the time on our way back out, I'm always I got my decoys on my back, whatever, but the guns in my hand oh, yeah. because half the time I shoot a grouse on my way out. Sure. Same way, they'll give themselves away. Like, and now I'm ready for it. Like the first time, it was a surprise. Every every time since, I'm like waiting for it. Didn't get one this year, but I did shoot a rabbit. Yeah. Didn't really mean why well, I did mean to, but it took off. Showed you know saw the movement. I was like, I shoot it. I'm not gonna shoot it. And then it stopped. Okay, I'm gonna shoot it. <laughs> I like rabbit. Rabbit's delicious. It is. Actually. Wasn't really my. Uh, it actually like I said, is. It wasn't my uh, intent. But I'm like, <laughs> well, if you're gonna stop, I guess. And it was like, yeah, you probably gotta get going. We've been a couple minutes, hour and a half. So this would have been a three-hour podcast probably if we would have recorded the first oh, half. Oh man. It would have been a good There's okay. such good stuff in there, but we'll have to we, do it again. You know, the problem is they're not going to get to hear the world's latest and greatest fishing secret. Oh, it's true. Deal breaker, lure, supremo, El Chapo. In fact, I'm not, I'm not going to even mention it because they'll keep tuning in for the next time. That's we'll just crazy. make an agreement. We'll have to do this in the summertime, see how, how the season's going. But uh, let everybody know real quick how they can get a hold of you. I don't want them to get a hold of me. Oh, my God. This is going to be the only guy ever. <laughs> God, I All you have to do is Google Minnesota Fishing Guide Service. Cap- That's the starting Captain point. Captain Josh. Or you can slash her up, www.minnesotaguideservice.com. One giant word. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Minnesota. You bet. Yeah, you bet. Otherwise, if you're on the ice fishing deal, it's www.minnesotaguideservice.com. Minnesota Ice Fish House. And you're on the gram or on the Instagram. Instagram, same Facebook, thing? Minnesota Facebook. Fishing Guide Service on Facebook. But you do, you write articles for a couple magazines, do you not? Mm-hmm. Midwest Out Fish, uh, Hunting and Fishing. But you got to write an article today, you told me. That's Outdoors Weekly. You better get to it. That one. Jeff Chop. Uh, yeah, otherwise, yeah, Minnesota Guide Service. Cool. Sort of fishing guide service on the Google Ida at the on Google Ida on the Google on the Googs, <laughs> the big or the Minnesota big Guide Service dot com or three two zero two nine one zero seven zero eight and that was a nine. Did I catch a niner in there? <laughs> <laughs> also, Josh, I appreciate you doing this sitting down. Sure, this has been fun. I really wish you would have caught some of the first half of that, but what? Well, that's how it goes. Technology. I'm still still learning it. Love it or hate it. Well, it's, it was in there. It was supposed to be working. I guess I didn't do my due diligence. That kind of like a new make sure it was actually <laughs> recording. I just a little, gave it a little too much faith, but whatever. It is, it is what it is. So, all right, we're gonna end this podcast, and uh, that's it. All right, appreciate it. Ten four. Huge thanks to everybody who has taken the time to uh, download and subscribe to Full Scale Outdoors podcast, to rate us, to review us. Um, You're doing great things, and we are growing every day, and I really appreciate it. Another way we're growing is we have joined the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. So what that means is people can now find us and listen to us on the Waypoint app, on your Apple TV, on Roku, Amazon Fire Stick, Smart TVs. Uh, hell, even gaming systems. So um, if you haven't downloaded the Waypoint app, do it now. You're going to thank me. It has over 2,500 of the best hunting and fishing shows and short films out there. This is one of the best apps you're going to find. So I just would like to say thank you again for those that have already subscribed. 
Let's share it. Let's keep this thing going. And uh, I am proud to say that the Full Scale Outdoors podcast is now part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. So thank you very much. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. One of the most legendary shows in the outdoors is on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Primo's Truth About Hunting, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.